Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, good match. No one is in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the battle. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Jack Harper, and not as always, but here today, Alex Jones. Alex, uh, good to have you back with us. Good to be back. I assume it was something very important last week. It was indeed, yeah, it was indeed. Okay, all right, let you off then. Missed out on a good little episode, but thankfully Luke joined us to step in. Cam has dropped out at the last minute, so if anyone saw my uh, Instagram post, saying that he was going to tell us where Messi's going. Maybe he felt that he wasn't needed anymore. So <laughs> there we go. News of the week we'll get into, and then we are doing our regular Premier League predictions and previews. So we've had some outlandish claims on this episode previously. I think Alex went for the United treble the one year, in manager of the year, top goal scorer, and winning the league. So <laughs> we could have anything here. But... <laughs> News of the week, we'll start off. It's another uh, animal-centred week, so elephant does balancing acts on top of a feeder at a zoo. <laughs> One strong feeder. Is the feeder yeah. his parents? I don't think so. Could be the band. <laughs> Standing on top of them would be quite something. Chilling out. Austrian breaks record for standing in box of ice. I've seen that. That's that's uh, like what what what's this gentleman's region going to be like after that? Like is it? Bloody hell! Okay. I'm worried that that's your first thought. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it we yours? We don't discriminate on this pod. I was thinking about the ice burns on his feet. <laughs> I, I was. Well, it's his whole body was encased. He literally just had his neckline above it. So oh, like, Jim, I thought he was just standing in a box of ice, like his feet. No, See, you, you can really tell. I don't read past the headline. Yeah, that, that I saw a photo, and it, it was like his everything up to his neck was covered, which is oh, a lot more impressive than just having yeah, your feet yeah. in some ice. We should have a confirmation back soon as to whether we're approved for our. Guinness records or not. Um, we still mm. need Keenan to come on and eat his donuts. Jack's done it again. Crikey. Actually, that was wasn't Keenan me. That did it. No, it was Keenan that did it uh, previously, but someone did it then. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have confirmation on our record soon. Keenan still needs to come on and uh, eat his donuts. We'll find out whether Alex will eat some grapes as he refused to run in a wetsuit, which I happen <laughs> to see him then wearing on the beach. 
Pathetic, for a family day at the beach, but not all right to have a little run in. Yeah, for the pod. A little half marathon. That's nothing for you. Running a half marathon in a wetsuit. Just, I'm not doing it. Why? <laughs> I, I I don't, I'm wasting my breath trying to explain it to you. I genuinely don't understand because you said it would get ruined, and I don't see what how that would ruin the wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like me. It's going to be like Mourinho having a conversation with Danny Rose. It's a lost cause. I thought Danny Rose was in the right in the first argument. Mm. Although then when Levy goes to say Danny Rose thinks he should be playing at the top clubs and needs to realise that they are they don't want him. Yeah. It's yeah, like Alex like... not wanting to run in a wetsuit. No. So there we go. Beach goer finds seventy eight pounds of cocaine washed up on Florida Beach. Seventy eight pounds? Yeah. As in Oh, is weight of it? No, it's in £78 worth. That's yeah, quite gonna, specific. I was, I was <laughs> say, wrote that, the article. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's used a little bit and then thrown it in the sea. <laughs> they swore oh, they lost. found 78. There's about 100 missing, <laughs> but they only found 78. <laughs> Did you see that um, policeman that got arrested? Because he, he had several um, wallets handed into him at the races and he took the cash before he handed <laughs> it <in. laughs> That's what everyone does, isn't it? But he, he had it handed into him as a policeman. Ah, yeah, maybe not then. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the people who took the money in their hands to him. They handed the wallet to the policeman and then he took the cash before handing it in himself. <laughs> Legend. And he did it several times. So there you go. Um, only in Australia, woman's block toilet caused by family of snakes living inside it. Jeez. There's one place it'd be, it would be Australia. I mean, I see all these travelling <laughs> posts of everyone going to Australia, but there is not a place I'd like less Just rather Just sunny England. No chance. No, the stuff they've got over there can kill you. I wouldn't go over there. I don't see the appeal, as I said. Sunny yeah. England. Yeah, it's too hot for a start. <laughs> they have to put stuff in their chocolate to make sure that it doesn't melt. Like, and it doesn't. They have a much. nicely named bay, though, at least. Um, <laughs> woman sentenced to jail after she glued her vagina to frame ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually seen this story. So she faked her own kidnapping, which was foiled when she was seen with the Google search history kidnap kit. And then on top <laughs> of that, she did uh, glue herself shut and was going to claim it was her boyfriend. And then he was far, far away. So had a good alibi. And uh, I think her mum found out that she was lying and uh, told the police. Good grief. Uh, good mother. Florida woman allegedly beats farting father. Jeez. I mean, that's, that, that's happened everywhere. I don't know that's if not, he was farting because she was beating him or all the way around. <laughs> um, Sarah Sanders, the former White House press secretary's memoir, reportedly says that Trump jokes she should hook up with Kim Jong-un and take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> and that does sound like something he's saying, so I can believe that. <laughs> two airline pilots report seeing guy in jetpack near aircraft while approaching LAX runway it's like it's like San Andreas when <laughs> you think if you're a pilot you see that flying towards you crikey um, <laughs> astonishing footage shows medics pulling 1.2 metre snake from inside female patient she says it crawled down her throat while she slept Jesus I mean I was expecting it to be the other way. I think the other way would be more believable. 
It's a heavy sleeper. Yes. <laughs> I bet you they've got guys queuing up to date now. There is footage of pulling out and it is horrific. No, thank you. <laughs> and finally, uh, Elon Musk says he <laughs> would need 300... Sorry? You take the take the word snake out of that and have that conversation happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where TK's mind was so <laughs> I've, never, I've never understood this thing because you see people where they see a, a bird pulling some like eight metre thing out of their throats and then blokes saying our class is as if they've got eight metres worth of length that they haven't been able to put anywhere else. That's never made any sense to me. Oh, no, but this, this one doesn't wake up. That's the difference. You've got a lot of creepy birds queuing around the block room. You know what? Yeah, crikey. You don't even wake up. I mean, we said about Alex's mind earlier. <laughs> um, and finally, Elon Musk says he would need 300 ready-to-die people a day as soon as 1,000 Starship flights to Mars are launched. <laughs> That's good of him. <laughs> He's obviously not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's your news of the week. What nice. happens when you fall asleep? Um, <laughs> if your bird starts buying super glue, be worried. Don't fart around Florida women. Be prepared to take one for the team if you're uh, working with Trump. Always look closely on the beach. And uh, don't show Alex your... Uh, Lower region after you get out of a box of ice because he will judge you. <laughs> so I think you That's probably the most sensible part of this episode because these things do usually get out of hand and there's probably no better place to start here than to uh, reveal how we think the season's going to end ahead of time. So, Alex, we'll go to you first because I feel sometimes you hear other people's and realise yours might be a bit more outlandish and tone it down. <laughs> so if we go to you first, there really is no escape. So if you give me your top eight of the My league. It's quite boring, to be honest. It's quite boring. Uh, wait and see. So I got um do you want me to go from the bottom deck, bottom up? You choose. Oh, I'll go bottom up. So I've got Everton in eighth. Um I've got Leicester in seventh, Arsenal in sixth, Tottenham in fifth, United in fourth, Chelsea in third, Liverpool in second, and Man City in first. Okay, I'm surprised Everton made the cut there. Yeah, well, Angelotti, I put a little bit of faith in Angelotti, and if they do, <laughs> they've got to be good one year. I mean, they've got to, they've got to have <laughs> one year. I mean, come on. <laughs> But, uh, right. Jack, if we go to you next. See, I was trying to crowbar Everton in because much akin to what Alex saying there, where they've been touted as like they could break into the top half, the top ten. And I really thought with Kai Ancelotti and James Rodriguez, now would be the time to do it. But they're just so dreary. I just can't see it happening. Um, I've gone for Spurs, Wolves. This is bottom up, by the way. Spurs, Wolves, Arsenal, Leicester, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, City. So again, pretty boring, pretty what you'd expect. Um, Spurs in eighth? Yeah. Okay. Uh, TK, what about you? I've got uh, Leicester in eighth, Tottenham seventh, Wolves sixth, Arsenal fifth, United fourth, Chelsea third, 
City second, Liverpool winning it. Oh. All right, and I've got Leicester in eighth, Wolves in seventh, Spurs in sixth, Arsenal in fifth. This is on the basis that we don't sign anyone else. Um, United in fourth, City in third, Chelsea in second, and Liverpool first. I, mm. I do think Chelsea should be winning the league with this squad. But with Frank in charge, it's probably safer to go for second place. <laughs> no, that, no, was, that was my thinking as well. You like the money that they're splashing out, you'd expect like them to be up there. But I, I don't. It's the manager that's holding it back for me. I think it's bridging the gap to second. In bridging the, the gap. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I knew I was getting a lot of shit on this, on this part. <laughs> cut, cut. Come at me with your best shots, because I guarantee you. <laughs> well, I mean, guarantee you. You've got to do well, it. because last season you, you said you were getting a top four because of Jody Morris. So, <laughs> and, um, honestly, I've been waiting we got, to hear what we, we were going to get four. this time. And we got top four. So. What was it because of Jody Morris? <laughs> well, he was assistant manager, so I'd say he had a part of it, yes. <laughs> what my thinking is, you're saying about bridging the gap the same way you were saying last season about having this transitional period with the young players. <laughs> you don't spend 300 million and get to bridge the gap. If this was United, so, we well, wouldn't be giving them any leeway. I'm not going to let you put Labellus terms and numbers <laughs> out there. It's 200 million. Let's get things get things straight. It's not 300 million. The window yeah. hasn't closed yet. Yeah, you've got yeah. your pounding. You're about to spend it. another 20. And then I don't, I don't rule out you paying a ridiculous fee for Declan Rice before the window shuts. Yeah, I, I really don't want that transfer to happen. <laughs> I don't... Honest, if, I don't if he really it feels like hard. what it's going to I feel like it's because he's pretty good for a West Ham at the moment and he came through our youth set up, so it's kind of like oh, we want him back and he's best mate from Mason Mount. John Terry's like, peppering every Insta post he has as well. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like West, the kind of uh, Mason Mount connection is the only reason why this is being pushed to the limits it is. Cause I'm not sure Mason Mount wants any more competition. Well, that's the thing. Then They wouldn't buy him for midfield, they'd buy him for centre-back. And that's that's what's being um, reported. You could get Koulibaly for the money you'll have to pay for Declan Rice. I, again, I, yeah, I, that's exactly enough. right. I don't know why he wouldn't do that. I don't understand the Declan Rice transfer at all. If I'm uh, I don't think he makes us any Declan better. Rice and he went home and rewatched that England game on Saturday... He should be ashamed of himself, honestly. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it was it was like watching a centre back play in midfield. It, it that's what it was. And the creativity when he's against a team that just sits in, which he'd face constantly as a Chelsea player. Like, that low block. Yeah, I don't understand why. I don't know what like Kovacic and Kante would be our, my holders, and they got Jorginho as backup. I don't know why. I just don't get it. But so then, we all have, we all had. Sorry. I was just going to say I don't have a UEFA A licence, so I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, we all had Arsenal and Spurs outside of the top four. I will say, I think if we sign any midfielder of quality, then we go into the top four. But I, I don't trust us yet to do that because it, I think the border underestimating how hard it was going to be to shift some of these players. If we can get Bellerin out of the door, then I really will be praying to the Lord above because someone's looking down on me. Yeah, I was I mean, an in over United and Arsenal in those fourth and fifth spots. And it's for the same reason you've outlined there. I think 
Arsenal, from what we've seen so far, I think you're going to be better coached. But I don't think have the personnel compared to, and certainly in comparison to United, I think they do have a, yeah. at least a, a very good squad at this the stage. Thing, I do worry with expectation because look, if, if we sign any midfielder, then my expectation would be at least to push the top four very close, depending on the <laughs> business that United and that do. But I do think because we've beaten in, in the last, I mean, as I've said on here, in with gleefully, Liverpool <laughs> in the Community Shield. And in, and in the league, Chelsea, City, there's seems to be some illusion from the fans that, that translates to if you beat the top teams, then you're certainly going to beat the lower teams. And as we saw with the Liverpool side before it broke through to win in the league, it doesn't quite work like that because they are no. two very different get, types of games. So, yeah, I, I, I think party is the one that obviously we're being linked with constantly. That the rumour was that we're going to go for him and um, Awar. I think if you're Arsenal and there's no one else in for Awar, no City were linked, then it should be like the report for Havertz was that Chelsea weren't initially in for him. They saw, look, we've got a free run here. We'll take the hit this year because it's going to be worth it in the long run. I think Awar is that type of player that you should make that move for it within reason. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure without like that then I mean I should be confident first game of the season against Fulham I was more confident against Chelsea in the cup final than I make for home against Fulham so I really don't know how things are going to go I've just hope when the inevitable wobble comes at some point in the season because it is going to happen at some point some of our fans don't lose their heads like they quite possibly could I think that's probably leads into what you said about expectations being high I think that probably could happen because I think there is a, a degree of everything's going to be fantastic forever now. Well, like you said, there is going to be a blip. Um, I, but well, I think last time we played Fulham, things, I was about to say I think similar things with United and Arsenal. You know, I don't trust either of them in the sense that I'm not going to get fooled by say the second half of the season or even just since the lockdown, where some of these players that have been playing well, I don't know that I'm going to get a full season out of them. And I've got no evidence to suggest I'm going to. So at this point, it's kind of all for them to prove. Did you see Xhaka had a master masterclass yesterday against Germany? I did see that pass. That was annoying. He look rumors are say rumors are telling me he levelled up over Tony Cruz yesterday. <laughs> he showed Tony Cruz how to play the deep line playmaker. <laughs> That's just what the web is telling me. Not your words. Just no. I was watching Soccer Road for a clearly far more low quality game. <laughs> but there we go got Sabiles back in which is uh, we broke that on the podcast last week don't worry about Fabrizio we broke that news on the pod <laughs> so who knows it's going to be interesting to see how that United midfield works isn't it yeah so that's one thing that I've been looking at with Sky Sports especially reporting it where they seem that it's going to be like a double pivot of him and Pogba and it's like the whole reason why they've bought midfielders is that unlocking Pogba. Oh, yeah, if we buy this midfielder, it means Pogba can do this. It's just another attacking midfielder. Like, surely he would be fighting for Bruno Fernandes at the number 10 role, the playmaker role. That's what I saw it as anyway. I think the benefit is that he can play in several positions, but along the same lines... Um... Ainsley Maitland-Niles can play in several positions. I wouldn't want Arsenal going into the season with him as my backup winger. 
or yeah. my backup starting central midfielder. So as if he's in there as providing a competition to Bruno, then you'd think that's the case. But the the money United have spent, you'd think if Bruno and Pogba are fit, they're both going to be starting. So it's going to be interesting to see whether he can play the role that someone like Matic plays where they aren't really wanting much of the ball and they're in there doing the dirty work because from what I've seen and I've kind of pressed to watching Herovidzi week in, week out, he doesn't strike me as that type of player. No. I mean, I've, I've seen the snippets obviously in the Champions League run a couple of seasons ago against Chelsea last season and he is the attacking midfielder that likes to get in the box and then you've got Pogba that likes to get in the box and you've got Fernandes that's diving in the box. So... <laughs> That midfield is just going to be yeah. completely wide open. If the they first leg against Spurs um, in the semi-final last year, he was sensational, particularly yeah. in the first half where they could have had about six. He was ridiculous that half, but that is when someone gets the ball, they're looking for him. I find it odd as well because surely as a Man United fan, if you see your team spending that money, much money on a player, you want it to either be saved to go towards Sancho or spent on the defence but then I don't see how another midfielder in the mix really helps things unless Pogba pulls a Pogba and goes AWOL for like half a season yeah which is entirely possible isn't it but then you're dropping 40 million on a guy that's... I think the three of them are so there's so much quality there in some games it'll work and it'll probably look yeah. good but like you said you're going to have three guys who in any of, in a lot of other teams, it's going to be the focal point, and then you're going to free competing for basically one sort of being the main man. And I'm not sure how well that would work. You'd have thought if they were going to spend that money on the field, it'd be like a, a better version of a Matic, yeah. someone who's going to get in there, break up the play, and let the the other two do the fancy stuff. Exactly that. That's exactly what I feel that they needed. And to coin your phrase from last week, TK, there's too many cooks for the kitchen. Like if you've got them all, if you've all got them doing the same role trying to help pull the same passes, occupying the same positions, they can just leave themselves open. It's kind of like their front line though, isn't it? But it works further up the field. Like you've got three strikers and one's having to play left wing, one's having to play right wing, mm. and while one mm. kind of gets central. But you can kind of get away with it at that end of the pitch. In the middle of the field, that's not going to work quite so well. And as no. TK said, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of games, and it'll probably be against a half-decent opposition against someone like an Everton who are going to give them time on the ball or someone like a West Ham who are they're the same level of opposition but someone who is going to come in there and really is going to crumble against them mm. and they probably are going to have people saying look if you compare this to the Barcelona midfield I know which one I'd rather have and we're going to have that kind of level yeah, it'd be, it'd be the Liverpool one, wouldn't it? It'd be compared to the Liverpool midfield again. That would be the comparison. Yeah. And I'll say, man for man, you'd rather have them. It's like, yeah, they are better players, but does it work better? Is the question. It's like on FIFA manager mode where you get really bored and you've got like a really easy <laughs> team coming up. So you switch the difficulty down and just stick all your attacking midfielders in midfield <laughs> and just like try and go for it. That's almost what this seems like. But then at the same time, if he is being signed as a backup, then that is great depth. So there's two yeah. ways to look at it. Mm. Yeah. Two of us had Liverpool winning the league, two of us had City winning the league. If we go to Jack and Alex first, um, if we go to you, Alex, yeah, let's go yeah. a little bit. So you've got City winning the league. Do you see that as Liverpool's level dropping or City's level going up? Uh, I see it as a bit of both, to be honest. I see, Liverpool, I see City 
just returning with a bit of vengeance and just sort of back with a bit more focus, a bit more composure, a little bit of fresh fresh uh, sparks in the changing room. Um, and I think Liverpool, you know, it's their first title. It's their first Premier League title. They obviously came so close the previous year and off the back of the Champions League. There is going to be a bit of a, how you call it, like a bit of a, maybe a bit of a post-honeymoon lull now, I think, where just that extra percent which is going to push them against you know, to push City to the edge. They're not going to have. Um, I, I just think, I think it's just going to come down to that. I think they're just going to be ever, ever much as high quality, but just those odd little few moments here and there um, are going to cost them the like a cost them a title chase at the at the very end. I, I should I should emphasize. I think it's City and uh, City and Liverpool will sort of you know be a stand away from you know third place which I had as Chelsea um, again so yeah I, I just think it's just going to be that really and what about you Jet? so similar in a sense that I feel that the level that Liverpool have been at they've been at their absolute maximum now for two years and you saw that they were very unlucky not to win the Premier League the season before last and last season you could see that the performances were dropping but they were still grinding results and they were lucky in a sense that Everyone else was just had an awful season. And by Manchester City's standards, it was a terrible season in regards to they've won, what, eight domestic trophies in the previous two seasons to last. And they were getting really weird results like the 3 1 dribbling at Norwich. Mm. That just didn't happen with Liverpool. The Liverpool. Yeah. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. And I think that is such an anomaly for a Guardiola team. I don't think it will happen two years in a row. Plus, the pressure of. They've already won it twice the season before. The motivation that they needed maybe is the fact that Liverpool beat them to the top last season to kick them back into gear. Um, I just It's one of those where you could toss a coin at this stage where Liverpool Man City win it. It's whoever has the best start, whoever can keep their players fit. I look at the Liverpool team and I see a serious lack of depth. So mm. last season they were very lucky with Van Dijk. He, I think he played pretty much every game, didn't he? Yeah, he um, did play every game. Yeah, so, I think he has for two years in a row now. So that's he never you. gets injured, but if the, exactly, so it's one of those where if he has a freak injury um, and he's out for an extended period of time, then that could be in some serious trouble. Then with what's your centre back partnership after that? Is that Gomez and Matip? Yeah, who have both had some injuries themselves. So yeah, so again, it's it's one of those where you could literally toss a coin at this current time. You'll know obviously no more before the start of the season, but. I feel that because Liverpool have been pushed at their maximum for so long, I don't know if there's anywhere left for them to go. Whereas Van City, I feel like the motivation is added from losing last year and the Champions League. But you could also argue that they'd focus on Champions League this season. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird. I'm surprised you uh, picked Liverpool, TK. And did you have any hesitation in doing so? Yeah, I didn't really want to be the... Uh... The, the jinx that makes me that's not win it but I guess we're kind of beyond that now uh, I'll be honest my pick is also contingent on like as of today so City yeah, sign yeah. Koulibaly tomorrow I may well be <laughs> reversing my pick um, I'll say I think Jack and Alex has kind of summarised quite well my concerns for Liverpool this year some of them anyway um, and I think that could come to fruition but as it is I think City haven't really resolved the defensive issue that I think basically underpin their whole season. 
Uh, I, I think Ake is an improvement on what they've got, but I don't know that he's going to solve the problem. Uh, we don't know that Laporte can have a whole season without getting injured. I know he's had some bad luck. They haven't really been, uh, you know, injuries where you think he's injury prone. He's just been unlucky, but it does keep happening. So f- for those reasons, really, and I, I do agree. I think Liverpool will drop. I don't think you can. Well, they had 97 points the year before last, 99 last year. It's pretty unrealistic to expect uh, a third go round on that. But it's. You know what? What was the points differential last year? Eighteen points. I think even with Liverpool dropping and City getting better, I think in a close race, I would still give it to Liverpool at the minute. As I said, if they sign Kulabali and we lose Genie, I may well be thinking something different. I think with, it comes comes down to everyone else strengthening as well, though. I think I, I do think everyone else is improving as well. But yeah, same, if I can be a little bullish, everyone does have to. There yeah, is a no, there 100%. is a big ground to make up. That's exactly why I said with my predictions that is bridging that gap because you can laugh all you want that there is such a substantial gap between the top two and the rest of the Premier League at the moment. Mm-hmm. Your first focus has to be on closing that gap and stop it from being so embarrassing and then you build from there. With an update on the Genie situation, uh, TK, um, Fabrizio Romano said that he's actually been offered several several contracts by Liverpool now and he just hasn't signed them. So it's not that Liverpool aren't trying to sign him. No, he's a no, that's, paper. Yeah, that's once I'd kind of seen it, there'd been a couple of contracts offered. I kind of thought, okay, I think he's. It, it may well just be, and one of the things uh, Jack and Alex have mentioned about Liverpool have won the league now is how many of these players kind of feel like, well, I've I've done what I've came here to do. I've won a Champions League, I've won a league. Hmm. My next challenge is on the horizon. That's what probably what Genie's thinking. I do Not think sure pass is the, the way to go at the minute, but I think there's maybe think... players in the squad who could feel that way. Even as Barca are now, it probably is still quite difficult to turn down playing at the new Camp and playing with Messi for as long as he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Liverpool win the league again. and I think it's just because I trust Klopp more than I trust Pep in these situations. I think we've seen they had the one very good season, obviously, where, uh, where they went toe-to-toe with Liverpool. But it concerned me last season when it seemingly wasn't going their way, the way they just crumbled. I'm not reading too much into Liverpool's end of the season because I think, I mean, <laughs> Arsenal's level dropped when they won the Invincible. They probably helped that some of the teams they went up against, they had a reason to try and beat them and the Invincible thing obviously was there. Once Liverpool kind of realised they weren't getting that points total, there wasn't a lot to play for. And we don't know quite what that... Uh, night out was like after winning the league <laughs> I'm kind a... of the opposite of, sorry I'm kind of the opposite of what you both said where because Liverpool have been so consistent for the two years that you feel there could be a drop off whereas I feel that because Liverpool have shown they can be that consistent I, I don't see any reason why they can't carry on doing that I'm not expecting them to win every single game but I also don't expect City to come out and do that and dramatically change from last year so I think Liverpool can afford to... All they, have, all they need is one or two more slip-ups than they had before they'd won the league last year. And the way City were, they still probably would have been fine. So I back Klopp's system over City's additions. So it'll be interesting if they get more than Koulibaly, but I wasn't going into a game with City. I don't think City lost the league, especially just because they had a, a leaky defence. It was all over where once the pressure really got there and Liverpool were going to do it, they crumbled as a team rather than just at the back. I agree. And I think 
you're right in, in kind of pointing out Klopp's system. But I look at that midfield now, in, as great as it is, got Hendo turning 31 this year, you've got Wijnaldum turning 30 this year. For the heavy metal football that they play, are they going to be able to keep up that intensity and the depth? The squad depth is my main worry with Liverpool, is that once you get out of that starting eleven, which is so consistent and so good, you don't have any replacements that can... Like, say, for example, you don't have a replacement that could fill a, a defensive spot if Van Dijk's injured for more than, like, a couple of games. It, you can't really have a squad, though, where you're going to have a Van Dijk waiting in the wings because he'd be starting not, alongside Van Dijk. If not. It's not so much a Van Dijk in the wings, but it's you, someone at a level... You're essentially saying that the drop-off shouldn't be as much as it is in the quality, Exactly. It, it exactly. should be somewhere between where we are. It's, it's like, if you look at your wingers, like, Jordan Shakiri you bought from Stoke, don't get me wrong, great to have in your team... But you don't want him standing in for a 10 games, 15 games. You don't want to rely on him for a prolonged period. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that's, Compared to, say, City, who obviously can. Exactly. But that. again, they are a bit of a freak, aren't they? It, exactly. I actually don't think turning 30 is as big of a deal as it, we used to think it was as well. If We're talking about Liverpool's midfield. Agreed, yeah. Fernandinho's still going now. He's been dropped back, but that's more because of City's defence than it is the way he can go in midfield. If you look at the top goal scorers in the league, He's what, three, of the, three of the top four... Were, were 30 or over, weren't they? Mm. With Vardy, Aubameyang, Aguero, and then Kane, I think, is the kind of... Kane and Jimenez are the two kind of outliers there. That's a very good and point. Jimenez is, Jimenez is 28, so... So he's approaching it, yeah. It is just the way the lot of medical teams are now. It's just freakish, isn't it, with Plus how they diets. can get a, a player back through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, Plus some players are more injury-prone. Kane seems to be... Like... He does pick up some bad tackles probably because of the way he plays, but he looks more fragile than Aubameyang, who I've said it so much now that he's no doubt going to break his leg this season, touch wood. <laughs> his longevity is up there with Van Dijk when you look at the amount of games he plays without missing any. So, and that's a lot bigger for a striker than a defender. That is odd. Yeah, yeah I mean, his pace should be one that should yeah, be you'd what gets him done. I still squirm every time he does that front flip. <laughs> But I, I think turning 30 is maybe not so much. It might upgrade soon to oh, he's turning 32, which seems to be the kind of new thing now, as we mm. saw with William, where nobody wanted to give him that deal that was going to have him hit 33. Mm. I think a lot of the, the concerns Jack's expressed about Liverpool squad that I was saying in our pods this time last year. Yeah, so I think yeah, having seen actually. us go through this season, I, I've probably been bolstered a bit of my confidence in that in that sense. But yeah. but then if if we're going purely on odds, do the front three stay fit as much as they have done so far? As you said about Van Dijk this year, so you, you'd think the odds only increase on the likelihood that someone's getting injured. But mm. as long as touch wood, they haven't so far. Mm-hmm. You think City bombed the cups after seeing what Liverpool did? I think they carry on doing what they've always done. I think they can, and I think I think for whatever whether you like him or not, I think Pep wants to win everything all the time. Yeah. I think the Carabao Cup is such a weird one because everyone poo-poos it but it always seems to be the big teams in the quarters and the semis in the final. Same with the FA mm. Cup. It's, it's, it's the Cup. It's the Cup that isn't at the business end of the season. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's the pressure to a certain extent. It's no community shield. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a cup every coach wants to win but no one cares about because you're right, Alex, it sets the season off to a a decent start, obviously, in February, isn't it? January, February, the, mm. the final. 
If you can get a cup under your belt early on in the season, it stands you in good stead for sure. And like TK was saying, we've lost three Carabao finals, I can remember. (laughs) One to Chelsea, where Terry got knocked out. One to Birmingham, which that was the worst. And the one to City, where Mustafi got a little nudge in the back and crumbled Christ. in the first mm. 10 minutes and, so bad. and then I think it was four after about 20 thankfully that one didn't feel as big but maybe it was because I'd resigned myself to what was going to happen before, <laughs> beforehand I remember the Birmingham one because you blocked me and didn't unblock me for about five years on Facebook <laughs> a lot after of people I, suffered that fate after I uh, recorded it on my phone and sky plussed it so just did it in slow motion where I think it was it Ferguson, Ferguson no, it was Ferguson where he like shoved his um Kishelny's head down when he was. That was um, <laughs> overthrowing Martins, I think. Big overthrowing. <laughs> Honestly, he was he was so miserable after that. It was, it was I was worried for him. What are the chances <laughs> of going to school and having two Birmingham City fans here? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> what are the chances of any other school outside of Birmingham? <laughs> One of them being one of the scariest kids you'll ever see as well. Crikey. Who's that? You would, it wasn't school, but uh, his church down. Uh, right. if, if we were in America, you would have gunned the school down. For that. <laughs> he, was, he was that sort of vibe. I think we've all picked Wolves to stay in and around the same place. And I think three out of four of us have picked Leicester to quite significantly drop. So are we thinking that Europa League football is going to hit Leicester hard? Because... I had them in eighth. I think Tiga had them in eighth. Yeah, did. I, I I think so. I think again, squad depth has been a hot topic in this podcast so far. And when they're losing a lot of their front runners that got them into this stable position, plus I don't trust Brendan Rodgers. I've seen now being <laughs> commanding positions with two separate teams <laughs> in coming into a running in the Premier League, albeit this season a lot of bad injuries. We're not calling that Liverpool one a commanding lead. Well, you would you would have backed them to win it at a certain stage. He's been quite unfortunate in both circumstances, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I don't. There must. There's no. You could argue the Leicester one's been worse, actually. Yeah, because in a sense, yeah, I think they had more of a hold on it. I think the lead was what was it, twelve or fourteen points? We did our preview after. the comeback of this of the league and we kind of joked there was no way that Leicester could mess things up oh Christ <laughs> it's crazy and I don't trust Rogers in a sense that I feel that everyone above him is strengthened and I feel that he's weakened with losing Charles say what you want about the price tag but that will still be a loss for a team like Leicester mm. um, you've got Vardy again Getting on, he's got to lose his pace some at some stage. I just don't. That really won't be pretty when those legs go across. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I've, I've got faith in their midfield with Tillemans and Didi. I think they're decent there, but I just I don't see them replicating. I, I feel like Wolves play better football in a lot of ways. Um, they don't like have Europa this year either. Exactly, and they they've got that. So they'll be fresher. In fact, they had like a stat that their season ended a year and four days after it started. Yeah. And they played 56 games. And they still carried that consistency. And nearly, there was talk they were going to get into the top four at one stage until a few games before the end of the season. So I feel like there's a decline at Leicester. 
and then there's a massive ascendancy. I feel they rode a lot of confidence, a lot like Sheffield United. Um, and then after restart, that confidence had kind of dwindled and they'd gone back down to ability and it just wasn't quite there. I think someone is going to come in big for Jimenez before the sea, before the window runs out. You reckon? And Wolves, and Wolves are going to have to... Well, Juve are looking everywhere for a striker. And you'd imagine... They haven't yet, but you'd imagine, as mental as it is, that the fee you'd pay for Jimenez would probably even out with the wages you're going to have to pay Suarez. Mm. And you're going to get more out of him. Yeah, for longer. Yeah. Suarez is probably looking at around half a million a week. Christ alive. They pay Ramsey 400 grand a week, don't forget. And they've got yeah. Ronaldo on closer to a million. So it's good. it'll be interesting. I think the Suarez one might get done, but I think someone, whether it's the likes of Inter, whether it's AC, whether it's United, whether it's someone like that that has cash to blow and is one, looking to appease their fans before the window shuts, and two, kind of panicking with trying to get in a marquee sign-in, I think he could do one where, not saying he necessarily goes, could even be Everton, but I think their will is going to be tested at some point. They obviously won't, but I reckon it'd be wicked for Chelsea. <laughs> I think yeah. If you used to get him in there with Werner and that, I think he'd be the sort of focal point that maybe that team needs. No disrespect to Tommy. What's what's happening? What's up in the batch away? <laughs> with, I, with my pick on that, I, I agree with what Jack said about Leicester. I think, to be honest, I was a little tenuous about even putting them eight. I'm a bit concerned about them with the Europa League. They don't have great squad depth anyway. And if, if Vardy, if, if he's not playing or if he's not playing well, it's not just that they don't have goals. He's the only one really looking to get in behind. All the other players are decent players like Madison, etc. But they all want it to feet. He's the only one looking to get in behind. Hmm. Well, that um, man, Jose. I think, again, good player. Ian actually hasn't really turned into what I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a really, really good player. He had a good um, second half of the season when we came back after the restart. He arguably should have gone somewhere where he was just going to be a guaranteed starter. We could have seen where, what he was going to do. I think the idea uh, was that he was going to be yeah, a guaranteed yeah, starter. Yeah, I was, was going to say. I was going to say, I think it was probably pitched to him as he was, wasn't it? Because City um, essentially had to pick between him and Jesus, didn't they? And there was a bit of debate at the time as to whether they'd sold the right one. Well, I remember there was a big thing, wasn't there, which I think... I may or may not have got involved in, to be fair, with people saying, like, at the time, him and Rashford were being compared, and they were like, well, if Iheanacho was a young English talent, then we'd be singing him up to the hills, and then hasn't quite worked out like that, as one of those has uh, gone one way than the other. But I I had Wolves in sixth, and I was... I had them in there, and then when I realised they hadn't got Europa League next year as well, I was deliberating whether they could crack the top four. I think they'll run it very, very close. What do we think about Spurs then? So they've made two smart signings so far in Dotti and Hoiberg. Hoiberg, I think, as happens with a signing when you go to that kind of club, is being spoken about as something I've not seen for him before at Southampton, but I'll trust that there were a couple of clubs in for him. Dotti seems like a strange one because I still can't get my head around why Wolves really let him go unless they were convinced they were getting Maitland-Niles or someone else, because they just signed that Marcel from Lyon for £2 million at fullback. So, Spurs, are we thinking these are smart signings that are going to push them, maybe and bridge the gap, because they had a lot of injuries last year, or should Spurs be really trying to inject some more big cash? So, I, so 
I, I don't really want to say because I, I assume that we're going to do an episode once we've cleared the the all or nothing documentary. Um, we'll do an episode on it. Um, it's kind of screwed us by coming out on a Monday, really. If it came out on Tuesday, then we could profit. Yeah. Or even if they'd all come out at once, we could have yeah. binged it. Yeah. So I don't really want to say want to go into Tottenham too hard on my opinions after watching this. Actually, Alan, um, you said you had some big opinions for us this week. He, he has <laughs> some strong opinions on this. I do, I do have some strong opinions, but it was more about like the all or nothing. But uh, yeah, that's fine. The, the, Share it with us now. You sure you don't want to save yeah, it? I'm sure. Get it out of your system. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we can regurgitate it. It's fine. We speak so, about Arsenal, so, Chelsea each week, so. So. I mean, like watching those, watching that, um, watching those episodes, even after Mourinho came in, um, I know obviously you'd expect there to be kind of like a post, a post, you know, cup final failure, you know, lull in the change room, sort of like a what's next hanging over them. Like, is this, is it like, is that, is that this squad done? Um, you know, you could see it obviously with Poch and everything, but I'll tell you what. Even after Mourinho comes in, I can tell you, I, I can understand why Tottenham haven't won a cup with this squad. Because for all of the talent that's in that squad, and which there is plenty, none of them strike me as winners at all. None mm. of them strike, none of them, none of them strike me as players that are, even Kane. Like, like genuinely believe himself. Even Kane, like genuine, gen- genuinely watching his team talks, those few words that he says before the matches, Come I cringe, on. cringe watching <laughs> this, it. This hard. I, I yeah. cringe watching because it's not, it's not. There's no weight behind what he's saying, and there's and too much weight behind it. That's the problem. I don't, I don't That's know. It's I, heavy. I, I don't know. I don't know whether it is a bit of him thinking, have a, you know, do I want to leave? Do I want to go? But I, I just think it's a lot of. I, I just think he's just not. He's just not a leader in that change room. He's a, a well, amazing. Was out, wasn't he? Of a lot of that. So that's yeah, he, kind of stepping in. He's he's an amazingly talented player, but he just doesn't carry. I, I think he's just. A, he comes across too timid. You know, he just mm. he doesn't come across like somebody who's like if you're coming in if you're coming in half time, two goals behind against in the Champions League against one of the top four. He's not the sort of guy. He's the guy you look to to save you. He's not the sort of guy who looks you to bring you up out of the mud as well to put in a better team performance. I don't know. It's just it just it wasn't hitting home. And you know the rest of the squad, you know, Deli Ali, he didn't come across well. I mean, yeah. again, there's no denying his talent. I mean, it was interesting what they had to say about how Alice Ferguson's one bit of advice was to sign Deli Ali when Mourinho was at United. And for for all of it, I, I can see. I can see that there's no dying, there's talent there. But it is a, the attitude problem which I think he has is worse. After watching this, it's worse than I think it is. There just seems to be that no drive there. Son, Son's another one in terms of he, he's enthusiastic, a little bit whiny. He doesn't, again, <laughs> doesn't seem solid. Doesn't seem solid. It's just, I've, I've, I've said in the past that the Arsenal squad is wet. I, I the Tottenham squad is wetter than like <laughs> it's, it's the most talented wet team I've ever seen. Like most you, talented, you know, the, yeah. In terms of in terms of if you looked at a squad of players and said like if you were to say all right they're very talented but they're all like just just wet blankets. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That the ratio of yeah. talent to wetness. 
Yeah, I don't yeah, want to bring an Arsenal into that. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's been really, it was really eye-opening. I mean, you know, even I'm episode four and a half now. You know, you get some. The only bit of desire which you get at the moment is um, when you get one of the younger lads coming through. You know, with a bit of youth there, it's just it's, it just seems dead. It just seems they it none of them seem to realise that if they want a trophy, they have to go out and get their ass to like get. They've got to go out and grab it. They've got to literally mm. put everything in it mm. because they're talented, but they're not that talented that they can just easily breeze it. You know, Mourinho has got. I think Mourinho knows what he's got to try and do, and he's got to try and inst- instill a kind of a stronger winning mentality in this squad. Um, and he's got it. What I, what I go in now back onto, you know, talking about Tottenham as a whole in this season it, without it, I, I kind of look at Tottenham and I think it does go a little bit. Our, our injury situation last year was really bad. Um, and you know, you lose, you lose your, your main men, regardless of what you think the mentality is like, you get, your team's going to suffer. You've got a key man like Ericsson in the change rooms lingering around until the January transfer. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, and, you know, I think, I think if you, I think with Tottenham going into this season, we'll hopefully not be in a same injury situation, which will help a lot. I think we've, the signings that we've made aren't a step forward to the squad. They're just a bit of depth that we need that can maybe add a bit of composure for when these injuries do happen. Because going into another season now, which is, again, going to be quite uncertain to how things are going to play out. Europa. Um, yeah, and Europa there. It, you know, we might have a little bit more strength there. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's interesting watching these documentaries and it's interesting to see what certain characters can have on the tra- effects certain characters can have on the change rooms. I mean, you know, these two new signings that we've made, if they like add that bit of steel into the change rooms that could completely change the whole dynamic of the uh, dynamic of the squad. You know, if Kane, I don't think Kane is going to go anywhere. I don't think anybody's going to come in for him. I don't think anybody's going to try and afford him. And I think he's just too high risk from an injury perspective. So what I'm hoping or what I think will happen is nobody's going to come in for him. I think that's going to give him a bit of clarity on his future for at least another year or so. And he'll put in a decent season to put a decent price tag and a demand on his name again, because he hasn't got any other choice, really. You know, having the season like he did last year, people are starting to look at him now and doubt him. You know, it's, you know, his own fans. Um, You know, in the episode where they isolate on him and he says, look, I'm 27, you can see the clock on his face. You can can see the the stopwatch going on. You can see the, <laughs> his, see the clock in his face ticking away, knowing you know. See, you got the wrong doc, mate. He hasn't. He hasn't got like that much longer left in his career that he thinks he has. These injuries that are coming in now. I mean, the fact that the the injury that came in around the Christmas period was something entirely new. You know, it was. You know, he asked the question: Is it you know linked to what happened before? And it was completely new. It, it just shows that vulnerability that he's got to injury. And, you know whether it'll help him hopefully settle and that'll hopefully make the squad settle and then there's envy just quite... in his eyes when he sees Ericsson on Sky Sports News <laughs> no because I don't think for Ericsson I mean you know he's gone to winter and uh, okay they're challenging for the title over there to a certain extent but are they going to win it I doubt it you know is it, uh, he's already been in the might... final 
and he lost. And he lost. <laughs> so he lost from the Spurs as well. Sideways. <laughs> it's a sideways. It's a sideways. At the moment, it's only looking like a sideways step. Sideways. Really. Right, yeah. Okay. It's a sideways to a sunnier climate. So <laughs> it's it's difficult. I mean, I um, will go on to sort of see where my thinking is coming from. But I think hopefully Mourinho, if he gets a bit more of a stronger winning mentality in this squad, what we might see is a bit of a return to what we know this squad can do, even though a Which lot is of what? this like... <laughs> <laughs> Which is what exactly? What can what this, can squad, this do? squad do? Produce some decent... Got... Where... where have you got them finishing? Hmm? Where did you have those finishing? I had fifth. Tottenham in fifth. It's brave. It, it kills me the way seemingly every player at Spurs says, Fucking hell. <laughs> when you see Larice say it, he says it the same way. He probably puts the L at the end of it. Larice takes over from the team talks in uh, these episodes and he's just as bad as Kane. Chuck a couple of F bombs in there and say some key words and jobs are good. At. <laughs> it's funny because there's so much, so many parallels between a Sunday league team talk before a game and Harry Kane just <laughs> saying, Let's fucking get into them, boys. Fucking come on. Like, Kill it in the minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just let, let them know you're there. Just, it's brilliant that no matter how, how, what level you're playing at, the team talks are always usually the same from the captain. Fabrizio has just said Declan Rice is still on the list as Chelsea's next target. <laughs> I don't get the hype. Like, honestly, like, unless there's something... That is going to cost you some big moolah. I'll tell exactly. you what, very few it, players split opinion like Declan Rice. It's crazy. I don't like. Can someone enlighten me? I need to watch some of these YouTube videos of him passion. doing masterclasses. You, you actually took the words out of my mouth earlier, Jack. I think I wrote in a separate chat speaking about him a few months ago. I said it's like watching a centre back play centre mid. Yeah, it's not saying he can't do a job, but it doesn't feel 100 percent comfortable when he's in the field. And this is what I mean. Exactly right. And it's the fact if we're signing in for a centre back, which is what the reporters are saying. Do you want to be signing somebody who's been playing centre mid for three seasons? Yeah, that's as your, yeah. As your centre back, and then what mm. does that mean for England? Does that mean for England he has to play centre back? Which I wouldn't mind if he's good at if, but we don't know if he's good. No. Why waste eighty mil? Especially if he's going to be like two centre backs. If you you don't mind shoving him in a three, but if you have two centre backs and he's exactly. one of them, that's go a concern. Go and buy Kudabali with that money. My God. Mm. If we go on to just Everton quick before we move on, just on our first uh, topic. In- 53 minutes in here. That's the main Everton, bit, though, isn't it? Yeah, none of us really have been charmed, even with these good additions they seem to be getting in. Decore is actually the best of the three, I think, with Alan, James and Decore, which looks like it's coming down in the next two days. Still, none of us think that's really tipping them over the edge. I think Alex and Jack had him in the top eight, didn't they? And me and TK had him outside. I was trying to crowbar them in, but I couldn't fit them in in the end. Okay, so what, it's just Alex was, had them in. What was the highest they finished with Lukaku? Did they get they got inside the top ten, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, they got Europa, yeah. didn't they? And they went out and yeah. qualified. That was it. Yeah, so of course. You've got a, you've got a striker there that will score you between twenty and twenty five goals a season, and even then they were still mediocre, and even then they looked vulnerable. When they were, had a striker that could cancel out all the goals that they concede. Whereas now, I mean, Sarah Hamid Rodriguez is great, 
but you just don't have I think the goals that's got still. Big flop potential. Yeah, like the whole reason why he hasn't made it anywhere else is he hasn't got the speed to be able to play on the wing, and then he hasn't got the speed to power through midfield. He's a brilliant technical player. But when he a, played under Ancelotti last time, there was Real Madrid, and he did have him playing deeper in midfield, and he was getting back in had his best defensive stats of his career. Mm. Right, and then obviously Ancelotti. You're Everton now, though, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different gig. Exactly. When you've got when you're playing teams and you've got like a defensive Ramos, Marcelo, and you're looking back and seeing a defensive Everton, I don't think it's going to fill you full of confidence. No. I mean, he's. Do, the, He's almost the definition of luxury player, and that's maybe the last thing you can afford at Everton. Well, they said for years, that's what that Mashiri um, has been desperate for. We said when uh, Ancelotti oh, sure, took over, sure. that's what he's... Apparently, it's all he talks about is getting in that A kind of player. player. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like an Ozil, but he's less hated because he's not under the same amount of money. Let's not yeah. put them on the same level, because Ozil at one point was the best number 10 in the world. He also has a you, you're not seasons. being serious. You're not saying they're a different level. It's not James Rodriguez. You career wise, serious? Huh? Career wise, <laughs> they've had the same career. They both played. For I was going to say, I maybe I've missed him here, but James Rodriguez is a very, very good player who's just a bit of a luxury, which sounds exactly like what Özil would be. No, Özil, you've lost your fucking mind. 2011 <laughs> to twenty fourteen. That's yeah. six years ago. You're too close to the fucking yeah. thing here. I'm not, I'm not saying ago. now. I'm not saying now. I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking literally. If you want to talk his career on his best day, whichever you want, on his fucking on their day, best day, they're the same they le- thing. Or they are levels apart. That is fucking mental. I think it's weird because Hamas Rodriguez burst onto the scene in the 2014 World Cup, didn't he? Really for Colombia. Mm. That's where he made his name. You're going to make me turn. And that's Hamas Rodriguez. And, and and that's when Byron said Ozil stopped being good. Uh, I, I, no, think I said that was his peak years. I, th- I they can't say, be the levels apart. That's, that's the thing that's kind of got me. I don't. I don't we hear him say in the like when they do UFC commentary and they say you get to black belt and then you have levels of black belts. Like they're both. Dance. They're both. They're both black belt, but they are levels apart when you get when you get up to there. Nah, that's um, that's maybe your worst take, and you've had some put, awful ones. Put Hammers' peak season against Ertzils, and it's different gravy. I'm not sure even the stats would buy that up, but fair enough. They definitely would. Ertzils' um, best stats. All right, please, before, you, before you run through me his career and his star sign and everything else, let's just leave it. His 2014, I'm going to say, in the league was as good as it gets. If he didn't have Giroud up top, Oh, funny that. What about the league? Who's getting he relegated? He hasn't had one season where he's outscored Rodriguez. I've just seen that just straight off the cuff. Rodriguez, you're having in there for goals. I'm not having... Ursula is the assist, yeah, assist to, king, as he was. To be fair, in an attack on the third, I don't particularly like goals either, so I can see why you wouldn't you wouldn't want your midfielder <laughs> scoring goals. That's fair. <laughs> Let's not compare this, because if we talk about the Liverpool midfield, then you're saying you don't want them having their goals. So. But yeah, yeah, to be fair, when comparing Rodriguez and Ozil, I was definitely bringing in Jordan Henderson into the argument. Yeah, that seems <laughs> a fair isn't in there as a goal scorer. I, I can't believe you just said he's levels apart. That's fucking mad. And I'm not even I'll a say that Rodriguez with fan. my full chest. Yeah, I know, because you're not saying it with your fucking head. <laughs> hey! Oh, <laughs> I you, think, you set him up for that one. I think 
if you put this in in a poll, and even if you didn't include Arsenal fans, then ninety percent are saying that Ertzil is levels. Put it on the Spitballing Pod Twitter poll now and see what happens at the end of the episode. You've got too many Arsenal fans. (laughs) There are Arsenal fans on there, but there are also uh, a lot of Americans who won't really have a clue who either are. So let's get some Colombians on there. (laughs) Relegation then. I've got. Bottom of the league, West Brom. I don't see them having a hope. Fulham in 19th and Villa in 18th. I don't think Villa survive again. It's quite mad that Dean Smith would have got sacked if they'd gone down. <laughs> but because they say that they deem him good enough to be a Premier League manager when he's quite clearly shown that he probably isn't that level. It's not a great vote of confidence, is it? No. They're on about sacking him weeks before the end of the season. I think they probably yeah. didn't want the payout. <laughs> so I'm not backing him there. And I do think West Brom, they've got Pereira in. It doesn't like they're making any real big adjustments. We've seen how it can go wrong with chucking money out there. But Fulham seem like they've learned their lesson, but maybe going too far the other way. And Villa, I think they'll get Ollie Watkins. But after that, I don't really see who's scoring goals for them. So... The, funny, the thing is, they still are showing more ambition than West Ham are at the moment. <laughs> and if Declan Rice goes, which I don't want him to, to Chelsea, he can go to anywhere else. If he goes and they don't sign a new striker, I and obviously West um, Aston Villa are actually being active in the market. They, they tried to buy Callum Wilson before he went to Newcastle. I can see them trying to bring someone in. I can see Aston Villa staying up and West Ham going down this season because West Ham, in my opinion, were very lucky last year. So who's your bottom three? So my bottom three is going to be West Ham, West Brom, and it's not on here. I've deleted it by accident. Fulham, Villa? Um, I'm probably going to have to go Fulham because I just I don't see what they bring to the Premier League. They, they're just there when they're here. Like you never think back to, apart from their game against Juventus of a really stellar Fulham game, um, and that's like the Steve Malbronk era. I just don't <laughs> see what they see what they bring. TK, who have you got going down? I've got exactly the same uh, as you: West Brom, Fulham, and Villa. I do think though, Palace will be very, very close. I think they'll fall away a bit. I just think. I've said before, I think their squad's one of the worst in the league. Roy's just knows how to get a team organised. and But at some point, I think the wheels can fall off that. I think Zaha, obviously, is what is he going to get a move or is he just going to sulk or what? I don't know. <laughs> and either way, I, I think they'll be very, very close. But I think Villa have been fortunate to stay at this year. I think that fortune will run out just about. Alex? I had uh, Villa and West Ham in my uh, relegation and West Brom as well. I, I um, come on to West why I picked West Ham um, later on with uh, one of our other topics, but pretty much in line with what the other boys said, really. I think Villa were very lucky. Um, neither of them have really done anything about their squads. West Ham looked like it's about to get even worse, and West Brom don't really do anything for me. West Brom never do anything for anyone. We go on to Golden Boot. So I think I've done the same the last two years. I'll, I'll go with the Bamiang. I don't 
see his numbers dropping off and he seems to be just as effective from the left wing. So if we can get any more creativity in there, then I don't see how in a better side he doesn't carry on scoring goals. So and I do think thought, Liverpool share was... their goals out more. United are in uh, the same position there and we don't quite know how Werner's going to settle. So I thought you said that this was Aubameyang's leg break, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want that to happen, so I'll pick as if that doesn't happen. I don't usually pick my golden boot when it's depending on who's going to break their leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you again. Looks like I'm following you here, but uh, for, the, for the same reasons, I think I think Aubameyang is kind of going from strength to strength. I think Arsenal are, are improving, um, and he's the focal point for the team. I think he has to do well if Arsenal are going to do anything this year. Whereas, as you said, so many other teams tend to spread him out a little bit more. Jack, so I, oh, on, no. all right. You can go, mate. So I've got. Um, so if, if I'm saying top number fifth, I've got to, you know, goals are going to be coming from somewhere. So I'm going to say Harry Kane's back in the mix, and I'm going to get him in there as uh, pipping the golden boot. But I just want to sort of say, if I'm picking City as well um, to win the title, obviously Aguero is what he is at the moment. Do you reckon it's I want to say that maybe he's got one last good season in him to get in a good spread of goals. Maybe not the golden boot, but to put him in contention. If I he can just he, keep him injury free. I think he's sharing that position with Jesus way too much to be considered for the golden boot now, purely because of game time. It seems that Pep's gone back to not favouring Jesus, but playing him a lot more than he used to. Um, a bit like when he went through that phase where he first came in. And dropped Aguero for a few games, so that's the only, that was the one kind of calculation I took. So I was going to choose Aguero, but I've gone Aubameyang as well, just because of the reasons said previously. That if Arsenal improve, which there is only that's the only thing they can do at the moment is get better, then you would probably assume that most of the goals come through Aubameyang. So if the team gets better, he scores the goals. It's just a kind of natural equation. All right. So if we go on to player of the season and who's your player of the season Alex? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne kind of goes hand in hand if I'm picking City to win the title I think he's their focal point he's their main man uh, particularly is uh, you know sort of if Aguero isn't going to be the one stealing the limelight and having a, a flush of goals and their strike forces it like evenly distributed evenly distributing the goals I think the maestro in their midfield is going to be the decisive factor on that last little percent, which will push them over the line. So I'm going to go with Kevin De Bruyne, which, again, is a bit of a boring pick, especially coming off the back of this season. But, he, you know, to say that he's not capable of, capable of it again would be ridiculous. You know, he's in, the tw- he's in the prime of his career. He's getting more and more experience. He's going to be in a squad which I think will have a lot more fire in the belly this year. So I'll go with Kevin De Bruyne. All right. Also, Ertzel does have more career goals and assists than James Rodriguez. So, uh, I knew he'd been looking at that because he'd been very quiet. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I'm I'm my play- it He's also played 200 more games, hasn't he? So. Hey, it's not my fault James has been benched the last two years. <laughs> I knew he was looking at him, that. I, far too quiet. <laughs> I, actually hope he, I actually hope he does well. I do like him as a player. Just, For I, what it's I, worth, I think- I'm not even a huge James Rodriguez fan. I just think they're a similar sort of level. I think Ertzel's peak for as short a time as there was there. I think it'll be looked back on. I just. Uh, I think amongst Arsenal fans, not... I think you'd be absolutely right. I just 
from the outside looking in, I'm not sure hey, everyone quite most sees Arsenal it fans glory. don't like him either. <laughs> no, but I think there is that idea of those couple of years. I think to to everybody else, it looked like Mount Snowden. To you, it looked like Everest. If I can use yeah. the mountain analogy. Well, my player of the year is uh, not De Bruyne. I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think will get Player of the Year this year around. I think he'll pass 15 assists for the first time in his career, and it does seem to go with the voting. I think people seem to be bored with Salah scoring goals, as we've referenced on here before. <laughs> so I think no matter how good a season he has, unless he puts up about 50 goals in the league, he's not getting Player of the Year. They'll probably get bored with the with De Bruyne if City do win the league, as it seems to be. If you win the league, then you don't get Player of the Year. So. Might go that way around. And I think Trent will go up a level. He has the durability to probably play more games than uh, his rivals for the award because De Bruyne is to get a full season out of him. And so I think he'll get it done. I think he'll get player of the year this time around. Jack. Yeah, again, boring. But Kevin De Bruyne, if I've got City to win, then I can only assume it's going to be because of him. What else is there to say about the guy? He is brilliant. Only Chelsea and let him go, eh? <laughs> Salah, De Bruyne, Lukaku, all in one team, with Hazard in that team as well, man. So. Well, it haunts, Hazard it holding me. them back. We've seen it again. Chike, <laughs> <laughs> who's your player of the year, do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Sterling. I think he'll have a good year. I think, as you said, I think the, they tend to seem to get bored with picking the same people over and over um, and I think if Liverpool win as I've got them it tends to be that it's a bit more shared out as in you don't really know who the star is I do like your pick with Trent I do think should he have a good year I think he probably is the favourite to get it because it does for the same reason I picked Sterling when a young English player does well it does just seem to uh, get that little bit more attention Give it to Rice then <laughs> so I think I think Sterling has a very good year. I think he'll get the nod ahead of some of the others that are in contention. If it's on, you know, who the best player is, then De Bruyne gets it every year. We should be worried because Southgate says the penalty by Sterling shows that we don't only need to rely on Kane in the big moments. And Sterling's not my big moments guy. But, uh, I, want <laughs> I don't that, want so. him taking a pen in a shootout. I just don't. There we go. Manager of the year, Jack. Who are you taking? <laughs> like how you came to me first. <laughs> The problem is, if again, if we're winning it, it usually goes to the winner. But I'm going to go Marcelo Bielsa. It doesn't as... go to the winner, usually. <laughs> Klopp would have had it this year. Did not have it this year? Went to Nuno, didn't it? Or I... oh, Chris Wilder, was it? I did it. Didn't know, even been awarded. Um, I'm actually going to go for Marcelo Bielsa because I absolutely hate Leeds. I think yeah. I, just, I hate everything about them, but I just love him. He's brilliant. I think the way... He manages. Don't let Lampard you say that. No, <laughs> but I just think the way he ma- <laughs> way he manages is so interesting. And I think if they have a decent season, then I reckon he'll be a hot topic, a hot pick. Leeds did make it into your top eight, did they? No, Crikey, but I don't think... what are you expecting from the man? <laughs> I, I don't think he's expecting do what their fans are expecting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you'd have to finish in the top eight to get manager of the year. Who's your manager of the year, Alex? Oh, I just went with Pep. Uh, just started to build for an option because obviously it's the title winning. Let's get you off, Sam. We're going we're gonna to have some big claims from you today. 
Uh, I, I mean, like, you know, my, my top eight, I mean, normally, so say if you go down the line of thinking that Jack's gone down and you pick, like, one of the teams that are punching into the top eight that you wouldn't necessarily think are going to be there. Well, I've gone with Everton and um, Leicester for the top eight, and Leicester making it to top eight. You know that Brendan's not going to get manager of the year for that performance. For them and, and Everton <laughs> and Everton wouldn't either uh, with, um, uh, with um, uh, Angelotti. So, I don't, you know, you look around, you know, you look at the rest of the top eight and anything outside the top eight, you're definitely not going to consider. So I, I can't, my hand's kind of forced by my uh, top eight decision to go with Pep nonetheless. I can't really make an argument for anything else outside of that because there's a weight of expectation behind those squads that are in the eight. So I've gone for the man that taught Pep everything he knows. And I think Mikel Arteta <laughs> will get manager of the year. Jesus. I think I think he'll be what? the sexy pick by uh, the voters because but, he does charm you in the press. And I think if we can have a couple of wins against uh, the big six, which we've shown as uh, more than possible, then I think he might sneak it. You've got to come in fifth, though. So, you, yeah, you think that Arteta's going to get man of, the year, man of the year by getting you fifth spot on a few wins against the big sides? He would have won it this well, yeah. year. Well, I've got... I've got Fifth with uh, us not getting another midfielder, and so I think when you then compare it to the money Chelsea are spending, so yeah, I, I think it'll go in his favour. That's not what it comes down to, and you know it. Well, we were eighth last season, so three places up, big improvement. Nah. <laughs> uh, no. TK, manager of the year. I, I do, I do somewhat see some logic in what Luke said. I don't think it will happen, but I can see that. I think the voting could be swayed by him a little bit. Um, I do think though if if we win the league I think it will just go to Klopp just out of is a manager going to overachieve more than Chris Wilder did this year for example I don't think so and so for example I think that's kind of going to be the yardstick if he can't do it for that then who's going to Um, as Alex said Brendan wasn't going to even if Leicester got the top four he probably wouldn't have got it and that's probably as well as anyone could have done so I'll go with him and I, I did make a note of if Leeds do anything there'll be clamour for Bielsa to get it so I do partly agree with Jacks that I think there would be a sort of an emotional sway towards that but if they just have an okay season I think he'll fall short and they'll just give it to whoever wins the league If we stick we mentioned Sheffield there and if we go on to breakthrough player of the year I think it's going to Ethan Ampadu well this isn't actually an award but just who we think is going to break through looks like Ampadu is going to go on loan to uh, Sheffield so that's nearly done for a season-long loan. Um, and I think he's going to show just kind of the player he is and that Chelsea really don't need to be sniffing around with someone like Declan Rice. Um, the fact he's going out on loan does hint towards Chelsea doing that as well. And I think he's someone who can play defensive midfield, but is better off playing at the back. He looks good when he's been playing for Wales. The uh, manager has been very impressed with him there. He's impressed away on loan, although injuries have uh, prevented him getting a decent run out. So this could be the year where he makes a mark. He's shaved uh, that awful barnet off now. Um, yeah, I saw that. Whether it's defence or midfield, he's going to be uh, your man to watch this year. Nice. Yeah, I think you had Mason Mount as your man to watch <laughs> last year. <laughs> last year? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I did have Mason Mount. And... To be fair, 50 appearances, that's not a bad shout. 
he was pretty much involved in everything we did last year. Um, this year, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I can count it because it's Billy Gilmore. Has he broke into already? Would you say he hasn't established no. himself? That's, that's a fair in the start. Thing. In the start, has he broken his leg? No, I think he had like a really bad knee injury, and he's out for four months as of when we finished. So he's back like October time. Um, but I think from the kind of performances that I saw, and from here from an eighteen-year-old to run the show like he did, to be as small as he is, but still dictate play against arguably the best team in Europe at the time when we played Liverpool in the FA Cup. I'm not having just... this performance being as good as it was taken to be. <laughs> oh, I'm honestly really... not having it. It's the equivalent of when Reese Oxford made about two passes against us and was told yeah. that he pocketed our midfield. I think that it's not it's not so much that, it's the fact that he carried it on and he played well from there on out. Obviously very unlucky with Sally gets pocketed every game he doesn't score according to social media though. Yeah. Hey, he's been pocketed by Ainsley twice this year. <laughs> exactly. So it's alright when it's, it's for you. When it's Reese Oxford against you. That's not odd. Hey, Ainsley nobody passes the Ainsley test. It's fact. The Ainsley test. But yeah, no, I'm going for going for Billy. Connor would have had Marshall as his breakthrough player if he was on this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your? I was, I was expecting Jack to go for Loftus Cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your breakthrough player, Alexander? I'm struggling to pick one, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I can't confess. Right, he has to a week me. off. <laughs> I, I can't really confess, like, confess to know much about the youth that's sort of coming through in a lot of other squads in the Premier League. I mean, you immediately look to sort of, you know your own team, Tottenham. I mean, like kind of like Jack, I suppose you could kind of say that Tanganga sort of got through, broke through to a certain extent when we needed somebody last year. Um, I'd like to see him maybe more of a permanent feature in the starting eleven. I mean, you know, he's big, he's powerful, he can carry the ball forward. Um, he definitely showed one of his documentaries highlighted he definitely shows a lot of desire and drive there and Tam's like more than a lot of that squad who's been there for a year so I would like to see him sort of break through um, I'm not sure how old he is actually uh, born in 1990 so he's in 20, 21 now 21? yeah 20, 21 years old so maybe a little bit on the older side for breakthrough but yeah I, I don't really have uh, too much to add other than that on the, uh, the breakthrough start what about you, TK? Yeah, to be honest, I I actually thought if he can get a run of games, I think Tanganga will be. I, I know what you mean in terms of breakthrough. He's already played, but he can he could go to another level. I think I think there's talent there. Um, on a similar thing and and playing even more loose with the the rules here, but for a player going from one level to another, I think if he hadn't been injured, I'd be expecting big big things from Martinelli. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, he's out until January, he, unfortunately. Yeah, if if he had been fit from the start of the season, I'd be thinking he could go from, you know, seen as a good young player to, I think, well, I think he'd be starting week in week out for Arsenal. Could be uh, playing a big part for them. Um, I'll go for, and this is going to come on something I'll go on with later. I'll go with Calvin Phillips. I think if Leeds are going to have a good year, I think he's going to be a big part of it, and probably is going to get a lot of headlines as a result. If we go on to everyone bold prediction, and if we go to you first here, Alex, mm-hmm. what is your <laughs> bold prediction for the season? 
And my bold prediction is for Mourinho not to be sacked. Is <laughs> <So, laughs> um, <I'm> bold? <laughs> no, by the not way, United you, winning the Champions League. By the way, by the way, he's come down a bit, hasn't he? By the way that you've uh, been talking about Spurs and the general chatter has been, you know, the, it, uh, it was a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure you were talking about Mourinho as being the first second of the season. Um, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with he's not being the first sack of the season. Um, to be honest, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. I said you've done great business. Yeah, but, you know, do you really think Daniel Levy's going to be happy with the team that's, you know, just scraping inside eighth place? Why not? He's been there for the longest, longest time. Yeah, Jose celebrated that safe place, jumping up and down <laughs> on the touchline. <laughs> yes, he did. My bold prediction is um, Leeds to win at Old Trafford. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I don't trust uh, Ollie any more than I could throw him, and I reckon I could chuck him quite a few yards, you know. And, <laughs> Leeds, that's going to be their cup final this season. Yeah, that would be. I find it really hypocritical that, like, you slate, you can, you slate, you slate uh, Ollie and you slate Lampard, and then you. <laughs> What's your point? Oh, Tetter's got two trophies now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're yeah, laughing. That's more trophies just, than Spurs have won in the last fifty I just, years. I just don't. I just like for all the same reasons that for all the same reasons that you're, you know, you. I, I, I'm not saying I disagree. I'm not saying that I disagree with your stance so on Ollie or Lampard. You just call him a hypocrite. You talk yeah. up Arteta. You talk up Arteta as the guy who's going to get the uh, the manager of the season, <laughs> and yeah. then you go Champions and say, League within three years. Nah, nah, not at all. I I just I think you're deluded with how good you think he actually is. He shows him levels. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah. you you telling me you wouldn't swap Jose for Arteta tomorrow? No, I wouldn't. Not <laughs> you are mental. You are mental. Why would I want to swap him? What's going on at Spurs? Was uh, what players? It's, he not, it's not the Mourinho's come in. Mourinho's come in halfway through the season and steadied a team which is so just coming Arteta. off the back. He didn't come in halfway through the season. He came in in September. <laughs> <laughs> Season, came in halfway for the season, and it was. <laughs> he came in two months before yeah. Arteta, three months before Arteta, <laughs> and Arteta won a trophy. They're coming off the back of a squad after a massive failure. He came in in a completely different scenario to Arsenal. Arteta came into just what was a complete and utter shit show. Chelsea wanted to achieve the Champions League final a few months before. Yeah. To be fair, Mourinho came in in the twentieth of November. Thank you. I was say September did seem early. Yeah, that did seem Still early. Still halfway, though. Still more than half. <laughs> yeah. And what did he do? He moaned saying he wanted the season ended early because he had a couple of injuries. He, he got onto sixth. Arteta He's won got FA Cup and had Granite Xhaka out playing Tony Cruz. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that fucking Cruz game, God's sake. <laughs> TK, I'm sure an account called something like AFC Xhaka Comps. We'll have a video online <laughs> for you to watch. If that pass didn't tell you all you needed to know, <laughs> I still don't know why I've been a hypocrite, Alex. You don't have an answer to it. Yeah, like you, yeah, Arteta is levels above Lampard and Ollie. I believe that. Has, has Arteta been relegated as a manager? No. Has Arteta 
lost a final as a manager. No. So he's doing well, better than both of them two. Experience as a manager out of the two of them. Yeah. So what's your point? We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him cope with things get really tough. We haven't seen him cope with. We haven't seen him cope with a, a transfer window yet, and we haven't seen him cope with. Um, well, he was in for the January didn't... transfer window, so there's that. <laughs> I just, I, all I'm trying to you're say is, you're talking nonsense. Mute your mic. You, mute it. You've, you've, you've won the FA Cup, which is and great. The uh, and the community you, shield, say it. Uh, <laughs> the community shield, man. <laughs> well, you two can laugh. When's the last time Spurs were in a community shield? <laughs> I mean, it's not quite the Audi Cup, I know, Alex. <laughs> it's not quite the Audi Cup, it's about the same. It's not quite the same, Alex. You chop, it, you chop your left nuts off for an FA Cup and a community shield. And the right no, I just, actually. I, you've won the FA Cup before in like, you've won the FA Cup before and more gone times nowhere. anyone else. Fourteen times. You've won the FA Cup and gone backwards. You're perfectly capable of doing that again. There's what like you just, oh, our worst ever season. It was still better than Spurs under Jose. You you've got to put you've got to look at a cup run and a Premier League consistency in the league as two separate things entirely. So I which one of Spurs how... doing out of the two? <laughs> <laughs> the FA Cup win it and then just turn around and go we're going to be we, we didn't just finish 8th in the league and you forget about all of the bad performances that Arteta's squad put in and all of these players in your squad which you've slated for weeks and weeks and weeks have now suddenly become the like potentially the next best prospects in the league Xhaka earlier in the season for example Xhaka was Judas saying, for Christ you're saying Xhaka doesn't start in that Spurs midfield no he doesn't so he doesn't start above Eric Dyer or Harry Winks. No, he doesn't. And Don Bele, who struggles to run for twenty minutes. Mute <laughs> your mic. Let the big boy speak. We've got. I'd be. I'd be really interested to see if uh, we get an episode that covers a bit of what's going on with him in this documentary because it doesn't. Who? With Arteta. With it and Bele. Oh, I've always talked about Jacko. When does he get a star role? I've not seen this, but. They show no. Ballet footage and say, this is what you can aspire to be. In hell, I think you have to choose between Xhaka and Eric Dyer. Let me tell you, I'll repeat from earlier, levels. Eric Dyer is, Eric Dyer is a Mourinho boy, as we now know. Eric Dyer was... Uh, is, that explains uh, a lot about uh, your season. <laughs> Jack, do you think Arteta shows Frank levels? No. I think we got unlucky with injuries. What do you mean? <clears throat> Arteta went to Stamford Bridge and won two two for a start, <laughs> and then and then outfoxed Lampard. Let he let him have twenty minutes in the FA Cup final. Chuckled to lost himself. To, lost to a shit Mourinho. <clears throat> would you would you rather finishing in top four or winning the FA Cup? FA Cup. Why would no. I want to be in the Champions League with this team at the moment? But. The fact we get embarrassed you, like what happened to Spurs when they the held fa- seven goals to Bayern Munich. <laughs> the fact that you're in the Champions League allows you to sign new players and improve, surely. No, because that's a myth. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, the season, the window we're having at the moment is probably down to the fact that we're no, in the Champions No, the window League. you're having at the moment is because you're the only ones with money. 
Because we got into the Champions League. Oh, she had that money anyway. Blood money. Oh, oh, so we had the money already in the bank? Yeah. For, what did you just well, you said it was spread across two seasons, so did, did theoretically you, say, you were saying you already had 135 million there waiting for you. 160 mil from transfers, 200 mil just from general window accruance. I don't know where these figures come from, crikey me. I don't know where your figures are. Yeah, I, I don't think Arsenal are giving on that. I don't think Arsenal are giving on that spending spree as they get in the Champions League, for example. No. That's just because we have an owner. But it, it, it would help, certainly, wouldn't it? It would help. I think it's the calibre of players that you can attract. That's what the Champions League gives you. Plus, we have an owner that cares about our club, whereas you don't. Hey, I don't disagree. Have some respect that, for Stan. <laughs> Hey, look at the progress he's made with them at LA Rams. Exactly. Signing of the summer so far. Just a couple more things to go through. Well, we haven't gone through all our bold predictions, have we? Oh, yeah. We're Alex uh, had us sidetracked. You and AJ. His, uh, ridiculous claim, <laughs> which I'll I'm quick, still waiting I'll, on an apology for. I'll quickly give mine, because mine's pretty much cut and dry. Timo Werner to outscore every one of United's front three. <laughs> I think I know a man that'll take you up on that bet. <laughs> His name's Connor Armour. <laughs> that, is a, that is a decent bold prediction. I think, like, it, from what I've seen of Thierry Werner, he suits the Premier League, so I'm hoping that that initial kind of lull in performance doesn't come and he just hits the ground running. 28, um, 28 league goals last season... I mean, we won't go too far into it purely because he's up there for my signing of the transfer window so far, purely because to get a 28 goal a season, well, 32 if you consider all competitions, <laughs> for, for less than 50 mil in this day and age is just a joke. So, but yeah, I think that's a decent poll prediction. What do you guys think? I like it. I think it I th- depends whether it, where he's playing. Also, how much Rodriguez has been confirmed three minutes ago. There we go. They literally heard. They they wanted to break the news when the uh, press was still hot. With the Unai Emery news as well. <laughs> I was going to say earlier, last time we played uh, Fulham uh, away, the away fans that day at Arsenal sang, uh, we've got our Arsenal back. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ramsey that. scored that beautiful team goal. TK, your uh, bold prediction? I've got Leeds having a season like Hull had. I'm going to have them in the first half of the season. I reckon they're going to be like top six at Christmas. And then it's going to fall off horribly in the second half. And they'll just about <laughs> avoid relegation. That's my... I've got... About halfway stage, they're going to be a European team. And then it's going to go wrong. Sheesh. Signing of the summer. Kai Havertz for me. Has to be really with the money spent and... Uh, I do think he's, obviously said about Alexis, I think his uh, skill set is as close to a banker as you can get. So I think, I believe in the talent there and I do think he's going to be a big player if Frank uses him right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, same. I think he's as close to a guarantee as you can get. Not much to say Werner, isn't he? Not, not, not much has been said about um, uh, Ferran Torres. You know, a few weeks ago we were sort of talking about him being like, you know, the boy from Spain. 
you know, put him in a squad like City, you know, what was he what is he capable of showing? Well, you've tipped my hand for best value transfer, so thanks a lot, Adrian. We haven't spoken about uh, Gabriel Magalhaes either. Jack, who is Timo Werner your signing of the season? Um, yeah, between... Is this signing of the season or um, value? It's signing, isn't it? No, best signing. <laughs> it's difficult because to have a window where you Yeah, sign, it's a real nightmare. Which is it going to be? To have a window that have going to say Hakim Ziyech. And Ziyech. To sign all three in one, I just I can't really choose. I guess probably Kai Havertz purely because of how excited I am to see him play and the fact that if we didn't buy him this season, someone big would have bought him next season or if it had been a normal season, someone else would have got him. It's kind of like, I feel like it's almost like a hazard moment where, shit, I can't believe he actually is here. Um, Let's hope his career is better than Hazard. (laughs) Well, I thought when Hazard announced it via a tweet and it's like, I didn't even bother looking at it because I just thought he's never going to choose to come to us and he did and I was like, fucking hell. It's almost like, that realisation that, wow, this is amazing. I cannot wait to see this guy. So I think, yeah. Right after a Pepe. Yeah. It's, it's just difficult because I don't know who to choose between him and Werner. So I'm going for them to join. Okay. Um, flop of the season. I'll start you off with Chelsea. Ben Chilwell. That Chelsea defence isn't going to be much better and I think when you spend 50 million on a defender, it does need to be. So, I think you're going to be shrugs there. That's a Premier League winning defender you're talking about, pal. Yeah. Only Premier League is Mustafi's your back four Mustafi's a World Cup winner. He didn't make our back four any better. <laughs> yeah, true. Was Chilwell actually playing for Leicester when they won it? Yeah, he was uh, back up to Fuchs. Fair enough. Is it Christian Fuchs? Yeah. Think it was back Fugues, yeah. 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 Back up. <laughs> Premier League winner, Christ. Who's Russell in here? Is it Jack or is it AJ? I don't know why it's me. I'm dead still. It cannot be well, me. I say it's one of you two because I do enough podcasts with TK to know that it isn't going to be him. Look at the mic. T- TK just sits rigidly for three hours. <laughs> I'm very good at this game, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the rustling, so... So can I. That's what oh. the rustler would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all a ruse. Uh, Jack, who's your flop of the season? I've gone for Ryan Fraser, and I want him to flop. Because... <laughs> because... He's after, a free. <laughs> after wow. refusing... After refusing to play for Bournemouth... That, that was the right and, decision. And and getting them sent down, essentially, because Callum Wilson can't score without Ryan Fraser, which is, I find it really funny that they've both gone to the same club um, to try and re-strike that heat. I just want him to flop. I want him to... I just want something bad to happen to him. <laughs> well, I mean, T- Alex jumped the gun with uh, TK's. Ryan Fraser's my best value transfer. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, one of us is right. I didn't, I, think, I didn't know I Jack think, had such hatred for him. I think Liverpool have missed a trick not getting him in. I think Liverpool have missed a trick not getting him in. Yeah, I, I, I think it. you've got a point there. I don't, I, it's not so much I think he will flop, I just want him to flop. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, TK? Uh, I think Hammers Rodriguez. 
do I do just think I, I don't know whether it's like I said he is if I'm being kind and calling him inconsistent and Everton or Everton that just seems like a match made in heaven or hell whichever way you look at it <laughs> um, depends on yeah depends on your perspective I just think it's all going wrong I mean in in theory James Rodriguez Allen and Decore should be a good midfield as you said but also as you said I would probably make Decore the pick of the bunch there in terms of who I would back to actually play well I would actually I would say I've got most confidence that he can do it I'd I'm not sure about James Rodriguez and the Prem. I'm really not. I, look, that could, you know, backfire on me hugely. I'm aware of that, but I, I don't see it. Alex? Gabriel? Crikey. <laughs> that was a spiteful pick, that, wasn't it? Yeah, well... He's an attitude. He's been pulled to as, you know... Right. he's got been talked to and I, I just you know it's I reckon it's gonna be another reality check for uh for Arsenal in respect that they think they've signed signed a dime and they haven't. You said it was a reality check, us winning the FA Cup about ten minutes ago. <laughs> so I'll take your reality checks any day of the week. You have built uh, you have built up Gabriel Saliba, haven't you, Byron? Yeah. Well you have done that partnership. Next, next ten years. Well I think we've got um the, the second coming of Lucio in uh, Gabriel. <laughs> and um, in Saliba, it's actually taking me back to um, Lillian Turam. <laughs> <laughs> he was a uh, he was a defender for France, Alex, a bit before your time. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see you crash. Marcus Turam's dad. I can't wait for the Arsenal rant to return next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, Alex, Get this bastard out of my club, will be. <laughs> that Arsenal, Alex, has a certain set of standards. Wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. I hope you're not like your brother and uh, chicken out when the going gets tough. I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like my brother or yourself, so... Uh... I have a wetsuit to cover up that yellow belly. Hey, I, I show up regardless. I don't shy away from it. You invite you me to watch. You invite you me to watch show up last week. You invite me to watch cup final. I'll be there. You didn't show up last week. Couldn't make it, but I listened. Unlike other people, first that's good. That's good. First manager sacked. I I gone with actually uh, best I, best value transfer. I don't have uh, Alex right. or Jacks. Um, Zietro Werner, because, like I said, getting them for under 50 million pounds <laughs> value transfer. They're for, 43 million quid for a 32 goal season striker. I compared to Tony Cruz earlier, and you've made worse claims this episode. <laughs> Tell me a better value transfer than that. Ryan Fraser. That, what, what are you basing that on? I know he's free, but... That goes a long way compared to 50 million. No, he's fucking shit last season. That was his problem. <laughs> That's why Callum Wilson didn't score any goals. Well, are we judging Werner based on the World Cup then? It was all right. No, we'll ju- it is right. No, we know Callum Wilson does. didn't score. The Callum Wilson doesn't score without Ryan Fraser playing well. It's no coincidence. Well, I think that's so. a bit of a problem if you're a professional footballer, isn't it? It is, and that's that why we're into flock. He's a fucking Crikey, smoking mate. mirrors with that guy. <laughs> 
You never know what you get. <laughs> I, I, I do actually agree with Jack that Werner is good value as well. When you consider Sancho is going to be going for probably about double that. I do agree, but I think either someone like Ferran Torres or I think even Sabayos could prove to be a very, very good value. I think what you, you're obligated by... a loan player. Yeah, it's but he's supposed to be 20 million end of the season, isn't it? That's not even a sign. Uh, it wasn't, it's, it's, there isn't uh, the permanent added uh, okay. on. In Effectively, case, I think I would, at the end of the season, he's going to have um, one year left on his deal. So I think we'll he's try and uh, chance our luck then. He's basically a B-Tech Kovacic and you can't even sign him. <laughs> How many trophies did Kovacic win last year? Last year? <laughs> yeah. Blimey. What about the last two seasons? Who did he beat in the final that time? In the European <laughs> hmm. final? We don't uh, acknowledge that unless I <laughs> get past the last 16. Um, All Doc Spurs man- is also a best value transfer. I think that's yeah. a very good sign. Yeah, exactly. TK, we'll stick with you. Uh, first manager sacked. Sorry, say again, it's Moisey. You take a revenge on me there, TK. The West Ham fans aren't happy already and they haven't kicked the ball yet. Moise's I don't know if trouble. they can sack him. <laughs> Look, that club will find a way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gone. I do think whoever gets sacked first... One of them is going to pounce and get Eddie Howe, and it's all going to go horribly wrong. Yeah, I, I'm not sure West Ham's the job for him either. That's a a volatile place to walk into. After Big Sam's uh, performance at soccer, he's in himself no favours either. <laughs> Jack, first manager sacked. See, I couldn't choose between Graham Potter or Dean Smith because Graham Potter, they were kind of sold this dream that everything's going to be better than when they <laughs> had Chris Hughes in. Graham Potter? Yeah, what's he dig out Graham Potter for? <laughs> I like Graham Potter and I thought he did well at Ossesons. <laughs> you don't However, like him very much. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like his weird accent. That <laughs> he's got like his Steve McLaren thing going on. <laughs> and he can't... Chap lips. I'm not saying he's going to get slacked. Yeah, you just can't quite tell what's going on. It just freaks me out. However... I feel like he was this really progressive thinking manager and they're actually doing worse than what Chris Hutton had been doing. So if they have a bad run, which I think they could do, he could be in the, on the chopping block. And like you said with Dean Smith, they were one point away from sacking him anyway. So if they have a bad start to next season, I can see him going. Alex, did you say Moisey, same as TK? Yes, Moisey. And uh, I'm going for Slavin Bilic. Forgot he's even the manager there. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the West Brom are just so just I don't know forgettable. Yeah. And then finally, who forces their way into Gareth Southgate's squad for the summer? Jack. Going for Bakayo Saka. Purely because I really rate him, and I think on the left hand side is somewhere we're very weak. And if Chilwell's injured or whatever, I think he could be pushing Chilwell. I think Biakayo Saka is probably as good as Chilwell, if not better, at this young age. And it's hard for me to say that after we've just signed Chilwell. But He's not even the, a left-back either. I know, but that's the way he plays for um, Arsenal sometimes. Well, from the times that I've seen yeah. him, he's been playing at left-back. And I think that the fact that you can play him left-wing, left-back, I think that's pretty decent. I think that's versatility. I think... Yeah, I just, I just really rate him as a player. I did go for Saka as well, and not so much as left-back, although I think it helps. I think we do have a habit with England where 
we do leave behind some better players purely for the fact that some can play in a utility position despite the fact they may not even get called on. Phil Jones being that type of example, uh, mm. Eric Dyer, another one. Um, Saka for Arsenal this season's played um, left wing back, left back, central midfield, right wing, left wing uh, in the 10. So he's played just about everywhere. So I think he'll go in on, on that regard. But my other one was Jamal Lewis, who looks like he's going to Newcastle. And I do think as a, a young left back where no one really has tied the spot down. Chilwell's been there most recently, but as I said, I do think he's going to have a rough season. So Jamal Lewis, if he can uh, have a decent run of games and Bruce, he can get him going, he could be a surprise pick. TK? Well, if they've ended up being late replacements in there, but I think Grealish and Cody are going to have to force their way in, it seems, because they probably can't do much more than they did last year and they've just about got in as a result of injuries. I think they will. Um, other than that, I'll stick with Saka. Grant, I'm pretty amazed he hasn't been picked already, particularly in the latest squad with the lack of a left-back. I know that's not his primary position, but as you said, when you go to a tournament, if you can play two or three positions, then you're as good as in the squad, aren't you? And I think that should be enough, along with playing well for Arsenal this year, to get him in, I think. We need Ainsley starting tomorrow, don't we? Look, if he gets a run together, he could. He's, he's unfortunate in that, obviously, right back's an area we're pretty yeah. saturated in. <laughs> and you're probably not going to throw him in midfield, but you never know with England. We've done stranger things. <laughs> I think we need Bellerin to go and then. He can't argue then if it goes wrong. I mean, I'm in his corner, but he won't have a bigger opportunity than if Bellerin does go and he's left to be the starting right back. So, uh, you're. Uh, your fans going out to bat for Bellerin are a strange, strange breed, honestly. Like there's there's people saying that we shouldn't sell Lacazette this summer, so in fact there's one bloke who commented on his Instagram saying stay and Lacazette replied with a wink face and all these people have started looking for his address saying, you know, if he stays this summer, <laughs> we're coming for you. I can at least see yeah. some appeal. Uh, some upside with Lacazette. I've never really seen it with Bellerin, but there we are. Me, my guy, Edward brought in. Alex, who are you saying forces his way onto the plane? So, bearing in mind that at the moment, I don't think he certainly shouldn't be in the squad, and I, I don't think he is in the squad. Um, so, Deli Ali, um, oh. I think. <laughs> I was nervous about this. Deli Ali has lost his place in the squad and doesn't deserve to be there right now. But I think he has the luxury of being a player that's been in there before. I think if Kane has a decent season, well, Kate, Kate, you know, Kane doesn't. He's one of these few players which doesn't have to do as much as other players will have to to get back in that squad. If you understand what I'm saying, I mean, the fact that you've got Kane that should really be in a squad, hopefully, uh, for the right reasons. Um, you know, he, I think it's quite obvious that international managers do like to get a bit of a link-up between, you know, players working in different squads there. I don't think he has to do much to get back in the squad compared to, the, like, say, let's say Grealish, for example. Um, but, you know, I, I think Deli Ali is a Mourinho player uh, if, Mourinho can get the right attitude out of him. You know, we, there's no denying that there is some talent there. It's just, 
you know, whether we can get that talent out of him or not. Um, you know, the England squad has, you know, he, he is that, he can be a bit of that shithouse player and, you know, every squad needs that player. So maybe, maybe I can see him forcing his way back in if he, you know, I don't know, pulls a finger out this season. But, um, yeah, that would be, that'd be my pick. All right, that just about does us for this week. If anyone would like to send any uh, abuse, Alex's way, his Twitter is uh, <laughs> AlexJones underscore um, 27. Probably you deserve. Uh, we'll be back next week. Whether Cam makes an appearance, who knows? Whether we let him on, who knows? Depends on what this episode does. Um, we'll see how things go. As always, if you look out for uh, Movie Madness coming this Friday, where we'll have three episodes dropping, uh, I'll ask you both your picks very quickly for these. So we have Superbad up against Sex Drive. Uh, I'll go with uh, Superbad. It's going to be tough, but I have to say Superbad. Project X against American Pie. American Pie. And that's my boy against Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder too. Alright, so that is the second round kicking things off, so take a look out for that. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye.